Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast. This is the Champions League review show. Um, just the one match on the menu today. Dortmund at Eindhoven. 1-1 is the result. Um, Stefan, we're recording this right after the game. I'm pretty sure you won't need to do your lavender tonight to go to bed. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I've got a large <laughs> mug of tea in front of me that will hopefully get me through this episode because, uh, yeah, we were just joking before we came on air that that game was many things, but not something to get the heart racing, that's for sure. No, it, it was... Um... It was, yeah, not good. <laughs> I don't think it was a very good game at all. And I think it was topped off by a, a very questionable refereeing decision as well. Um, I yeah, Let's do this first because I think this got everyone's heart rate going a little bit at least. You know, um, the Mats Hummels foul in the box that the refereeing team deemed to be a penalty that led to Eindhoven's um, equalizer uh, by De Jong. Um, I don't know, Stefan. I think Mats plays the ball um, and everything that happens afterwards happens afterwards and the team looks at it and I don't understand why we have VAR in the first place if they don't overrule it. Um, you know, it's... I think the rules are quite clear on this too. If you play the ball first and then the man, it's 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 quite clear that it is not a penalty. But you know, yeah, I think um, I think it's remarkable that we're not even two minutes into this episode and we're already talking about this penalty call. Um, but um, now nah, you know it was. Um, you're absolutely right. Like I think pre VR, uh, you can understand why it was given as a penalty. <laughs> um, in real time, it didn't look to me like he got the ball. I thought the referee was probably right to call it. Um, I mean, I don't feel as strongly about this as you do, but just because from the replays that I saw on TV, they showed two replays. They showed one from more or less the linesman's point of view, and then they showed one from kind of like behind the goal. And it wasn't until the one we saw behind the goal that we actually saw Hummels touch the ball. Um so, you know, you could even understand if the referee had the linesman in his ear saying, no, he didn't touch it, because from that angle, it looked like he didn't touch the ball. Um, and, but yeah, you're right. Like, you know, obviously the whole point of VAR is that they're supposed to look at these things from multiple angles and they're supposed to be able yeah. to spot the things that the referees do not spot. And yeah, I think the referee should have called that. Yeah, sorry, the VAR should have called that. But I mean... The only thing I would say here is that, um, number one, it's also the kind of foul that I think would have been given in the middle of the pitch and people wouldn't have really batted an eyelid, even if, mm. you know, VR could have yeah. looked it over. Um, Hummels, like, he, the only way he's getting away from that is, as you said, on a technicality that he touched the ball. You know, he didn't, it, it, it wasn't a clean tackle, it wasn't a clean interception, um, obviously he was adamant he touched the ball and fair enough that's the layer of the law but if it happened in the middle of the pitch and he got a yellow card he would have just got on with it I think um, and the other thing as well is I think the referee made he was he was pretty dreadful throughout the match but he was actually quite evenly dreadful I thought like uh, <laughs> yeah. there, were, there were plenty of it's PSV true. there's plenty of PSV counter attacks that ended in a, in a, in a foul 
and he just he just waved play on. Now I know that's obviously not nearly as direct or as impactful as giving away a penalty, but um, you know, I I I I mean, obviously it wasn't biased. I don't think it's biased by any means, but it's just incompetence on quite an unbiased scale. Um, and you know, as we're probably going to talk about, um, uh. it's. It, 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 if Dortmund are going to let something with such fine margins like that kind of define this game, then I th- it probably reflects quite poorly on their overall performance, to be honest. Well, and that's actually my next point. I actually do think that this um, the equalizer was more than deserved. <laughs> you know, I don't think the way it came about was was the right way. Um, two things can be true at once, right? Uh, but yeah. I think Eitofen fully deserved the equalizer. <laughs> you know. Um, because Dortmund I- invited them um, to to score the equalizer um, on countless opportunities, and I-, I also think you know, bottom line is you go to go to the Netherlands, and I-, I don't have the number in my head, but it's been a long time since I think it was eight games or twelve games that Eindhoven haven't lost at home. Um, so this is a good team, right? Um, that got out of the group as well, and. Uh, at the end of the day, if you go to the Netherlands and you you pick up the point, right? Um, to say it that way, and then you go go home back to Dortmund, and you probably have a pretty good chance of winning the game there. Um, you take that. You don't have to. It you know it's pretty clear cut now, right? A win and you through. And I think, given the way Terzic seems to operate, they'll probably be quite happy about that. Um, at the end of the day. And we've talked a lot about Dortmund substitutions in in recent weeks. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a topic here once again because you could tell that he was happy with the way um, the the game was going just based on the substitutions, right? I mean, um, 68th minute, he brings on... Well, I I thought Brand for Royce made sense because Royce didn't play really well. But then uh, we go further down, we go 68th minute, uh, Wolf comes on for Sancho, a more defensive-minded player for a more attacking-minded player, right? Then Erskan comes on for Marlin, the 82nd, and then uh, you have your standard striker-for-striker striker replacement <laughs> coming on for Völkrug. I mean, this is pretty much textbook Terzic that we see here, and it, it just kind of reflects to me that in this Terzic ball era, um, it's very much all about result driven isn't it and it's worked so far for him in the Champions League so it's really hard to criticize I mean, it's it's you can criticize him for this season overall but I think if you get out of the group that they got out of in the fashion that they got out of it and it's really hard to criticize um, the way he's very results oriented in this competition yeah that that's I think that's a really important kind of qualifier for the conversation we're having on the show because <laughs> there's very few positives to take from this kind of performance or you know whether that be the team or the individuals in the team or Terzic himself or the referee who we've just spoke about um but everybody bad <laughs> you know, a plague on all their houses um it was but yeah you're absolutely right you know Terzic probably went into this game and said well if it's not broken why would I fix it and he's been right to do so in the Champions League um I did suspect that that kind of pragmatic defensive style of football may work quite well against, you know, PS, PSG, Milan, 
and even it worked really well against the Newcastle side who ended up not being probably as formidable as we maybe expected in the Champions League but then I thought well you know on paper Dortmund are technically a better team than PSV they've got a bigger wage budget they've got more expensive players blah 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 um, so will that work in a game like this and you know throughout this match I found myself just kind of trying to urge Dortmund on to do something um, they finished the game with an XG of just 1 and PSV finished the game with an XG of 1.53 um, which actually means Dortmund have registered a lower XG than their opponents in 4 um, of the last 6 games uh, and actually 4 of the 7 games of 2024 so far um, now you can look at it that way and you can say it's boring you can say that they are dropping points as we saw against Wolfsburg the weekend but they're also undefeated now in or how many games is that they've just quickly tied up I the think entire... that's 10 since yeah, the Leipzig all match 2020... all uh, of 2024 right yeah but it also goes back to um, the last three games of 2023 as well so we're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 10 games now in all competitions um, and the kind of really interesting thing is, thing is that, you know, when you watch the way Dortmund played tonight, it looked to me like a team who were trying not to lose the game rather than a team that were trying to win the game. Uh, you know, uh, they were being cautious on the ball. Uh, they were being, you know, really quite rugged off the ball. Um, certainly weren't trying too many chances or trying to be too, you know, um, adventurous on the ball. And then, as you said, um, Terzic was really quick to kind of make. The, the, almost, I think I'm not mistaken, the exact same substitutions that he made against Wolfsburg, uh, which saw him take off, you know, amongst all the substitutions, basically one the, the team ended up with one fewer attacking player on the pitch. Um, and, you know, you can completely understand why Dortmund fans are watching that thinking, what the hell's going on here? You know, <laughs> We're supposed to be Dortmund, we're supposed to be heavy metal football, we're supposed to be the team who loves attacking football. And Terzic is now trying to see out a Wolfsburg draw and a draw against PSV. Two teams, with all due respect, who Dortmund should be beating in their respective competitions. So there's, there's that side of it. And then, as you said, you know, or as we've talked about, there's the other side of it where they're now 10 points unbeaten, or sorry, 10 games unbeaten. Uh, they now go into a second leg at the Westfalen Stadion in a pretty good position, probably thinking over the course of 90 minutes, we probably should beat this PSV side at home. Um, and then you know Terzic can simply say well you know my critics can say what they want but I've got us through the last 16 which is certainly not something that Dortmund do all that often um, and you can only beat the team that's in front of you it doesn't really matter how we do it it doesn't matter how uh, you know how sexy it is how entertaining it is uh, my job is to win games or, or not lose games rather um, and he's doing that but you know <laughs> The manner in which he's doing it and the manner in which his team are playing, uh, I think still ruffles a lot of feathers amongst fans. And it's, it's as we saw tonight, sometimes a tough thing to watch. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.